Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I'm Kyle Knight, I'm the youth and digital minister here at Fathom. Thank you for listening in. Wherever you're at, we have some very special guests with us in the podcast lounge, as we like to say, <laughs> studio. It's definitely not the studio, the lounge, <laughs> the room. Um, very special guests with us, Savannah and Tanner DeWitt are here. Welcome, both of you. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thanks and for I having have us. To welcome Baby Lenny. Yes, who is, is also Mike. Well, who is oh, she'll chime man. in. We should, see, this is where I'm like, we should have actually had a fourth mic to just put next just to her in the car. Because <laughs> I'm okay with, if you want to chime in, you let us know. Okay, okay, she will. We have the DeWitts here. Thank you guys for being here. We're just so grateful that you are here to, yeah. to talk more about your story. For those of you listening that maybe the names ring a bell, maybe they don't. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've, been, we've been praying for this family a lot over the last year maybe more they'll get yeah. it i'm gonna let them tell their own story for time? sure um but but we just wanted them to to be here to talk more about their story um things happened before during after all this kind of stuff and just um really just how they've how they've grown in in together how they've grown in their relationship with god um how god has been working in this family and it's awesome to i mean it's just amazing to have baby <laughs> lenny sitting right here yeah um with us and so uh, so thank you guys for being here. This is really, really special. We're going to just get into it for those who might be listening, who have no idea who y'all yeah. are. Maybe they just started. And you know what, for those that just started coming to fathom, maybe they don't. And, um, so I would love to hear, and again, you guys could go any direction you want with this, um, your story about baby Lenny first, <clears throat> let me just ask both of you, give a couple quick quick little things of who we who are. you are yeah where, where, like who you guys who you guys are where you're from where you grew up how you maybe <laughs> met really quick how you got to fathom those sorts of things and you can fight over who goes first. yeah <laughs> okay i'll, I'll let tanner get in while he can <laughs> so yeah so we we both grew up in mississippi um a small town outside of jackson mississippi called flowwood uh pretty central mississippi and Met early on in high school, started dating 10th grade, and we grew up together, ended up getting married in uh, college um, after our senior year, or actually before my senior year. Um, and so, yeah, I got married in college and um, got a job offer out here, out of college. And so we moved ended out in Colorado. Yeah, four years ago. And yeah. Um, yeah, so we moving out was a big step we never thought we'd leave the south um and so we moved out here and kind of church hopped for a year or so um and yeah we went to a church when we first moved out here and then we moved to littleton and right. we kind of felt this stir in our hearts to find a different church i don't know really you know nothing specific happened mm -hmm. it just kind of was a stir and mm -hmm. We church hopped and hopped and hopped for like, it felt like six months, but we came to fathom actually Chris's first sermon back. So mm -hmm. it kind of felt like a perfect timing and how we found it is kind of a funny story. We were, Tell it. Tell <laughs> it. We like I mean, we think it's funny. People are going to be like, that's stupid. Yeah, like that was lame. Um, but we were going to an Acts 29 church in Denver, like pretty far from here or yeah, about 30 far. minutes from our house. And, um, we loved it. One of my really best friends goes there really involved, um, and we had never heard of Acts 29, but we really appreciated you could just feel the fruit of some of the requirements, I guess, for lack mm -hmm. of the better word. So we were like eating at once was at a what was it? Adelita's yeah. now Palinque. And I, we were sitting on this side of the building, like the closest side to we the church. We had really been praying about like leaving that church and finding something a little closer to home we in wanted the community to be, we were in. Yes. So. And so I was like, man, Tanner, I just wish there was an X-29 church right here on Main Street because we just love downtown Littleton. That's like, how hey, we ended up here. Let's Google this and see and what's so we close. Googled it and I was like, uh, and looked out the window and saw Wait, this building. Adelita's. And literally, right, yeah, right it here? is <laughs> in here at Adelita's. Communion is margaritas. No, <laughs> you never know, you know, yeah. but no. So we looked out the window and it was right here and we were like, Okay, I guess we're going next yeah, Sunday. And out. so we came wow. and still, you know, we're open to, you know, it felt right, but we didn't want to jump in too soon, mm -hmm. but we kept coming back and back. And then Chris invited mm -hmm. us to dinner and made us a steak, I think. So that really <laughs> sealed the deal. Sealed the deal yeah. That's, sealed the that's deal. his secret. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how we came to Fathom. And I think the timing of it, we weren't really sure why we were feeling stirred to 
find a church, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's been really incredible to be a part of this smaller community. And you know, you you make friends fast here when mm-hmm. the church is this size, even though it's growing, which is exciting. But um, it's been really cool to see like God's timing in that. But Lenny's whole story, like God's timing, is just so miraculous. So. We'll get into that. Well, (laughs) let's let's get into it now. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my next question was, tell us about baby Lenny. Um, And, and, and really let's look at it from those who might have never heard of you guys. So just start wherever you want. And she just closed her eyes. It's so adorable. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't. Should we whisper (laughs) the rest of it? Um, Start wherever you want to, wherever you want to start. Tell us a little bit about. Yeah. So I'll kind of jump in and then you can jump in when you found out. So with COVID, it made it really interesting, our whole experience, because, I mean, just pregnancy, you usually get to bring your partner with you. And and we got pregnant like right at the beginning of like when everything was shutting down. So So that was kind of scary. But we, before Lenny, really didn't live in fear. Now, scary things have been open to us. So it's been a little more of a battle. But um, we got pregnant and the first appointment we were told Tanner couldn't come so that just felt you know with pregnancy hormones and everything you just felt very alone Mm -hmm. but kind of started our journey off with that expectation of I may find out things before he does Mm -hmm. um and yeah so everything looked pretty normal there was one thing at 12 weeks that they noticed that they were just going to keep an eye on but they were very confident and it had nothing to do with what ultimately happened but um Everything looked normal other than that one thing. And we're grateful for that one thing because so typically you have like your beginning ultrasounds, then you have checkups and then you have the 20 week anatomy scan. um, And that looked really normal. And then typically you go from 20 weeks to 32 weeks with no scan of the baby, just more mom, how are you doing? Let me listen. You know, I don't know even really because we didn't have that experience. But because of this one thing they found pretty early on, it had and to just for the detail of it, it was just her placenta, placenta was in the way of, my in the way of yeah, the birth canal. So yeah. it would have just had to be a C-section. So nothing serious if, well, mm-hmm. it could be serious, I guess, but, but they were pretty confident. They were watching, nothing to do with Lenny at that time. So just to make sure they didn't have to schedule a C-section, instead of waiting till 32 weeks, we had a 28-week ultrasound to check the placenta. Not even really worried about the baby, but um, we are so grateful for that ultrasound because that is when they saw that something looked interesting with Lenny's anatomy. It originally looked like her heart was maybe enlarged, but ultimately it was excess fluid from her tumor. Spoiler alert, she got a tumor. (laughs) Um, But so in that 28 week ultrasound, you know, they do the ultrasound, the tech's not really allowed to tell you anything. So, but I saw the tech and the doctor talking like whispering and then when they saw me they kind of stopped when I was walking back to the room for my appointment and so already I was like I think something's up you know and um so our doctor told us she was like hey this could be nothing it could be something nine times out of ten it's nothing so don't worry until you need to worry but I'm going to send you to children's there's they're really great she had my doctor actually had like personal relationships with people at children's like she knew them all really well as colleagues so she really made it a comforting thing. Children's Hospital called the next day um, and scheduled the appointment, but it was really, really scary getting this unknown bad news. And she was by herself. By myself. Too, yeah. And so I called Tanner and he works in Greeley, Colorado right now, so which is like two hours away. And I kept calling him and calling him and he didn't answer. And so I was just had to sit with this scary feeling. Um, and then so I called Tanner and this yeah. one you can chime in. Yeah. So I was at work and I remember her calling me crying and saying they think they found something with her heart. I'm not sure. They said it looks big. And she was like, she did the worst thing anyone could do when they find out medical news. And she started Googling. She was like, I Googled it and oh, it no. could mean this, that and this with an enlarged yeah. heart. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's just, we don't know anything yet. They <laughs> seem like that. they're not super concerned with it. We're just taking all the precautions to be safe and mm-hmm. they're going to send us to the right folks. They're going to look at it and then we can go from there. There's nothing that we can do right now. So we can just, you know, we'll just pray through it and um, we'll, we'll see at this Take next appointment. Yeah. Time. At children's. Yeah. So, and I can't remember how long after was it that appointment. So we got that news on a Friday and we didn't have our next appointment till like 
Monday or Tuesday, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was like after the weekend or something. So like we that. had to sit on it for a long time. But, you know, everyone's first response is, oh, I knew someone who they said this and nothing happened. But there was still just something stirring in my heart that I'm like, I just feel like this is about to be something. Like, just, I maybe it was, obviously it's the spirit, but also like going off of the context clues of seeing how they communicate the tech and the doctor communicated. But so thankfully, um, we were able to go together once we went to children's. Yeah, Everyone, every, all the appointments we could both go to. So, so that was a huge blessing with going into the specialty world is we, I was allowed one support person is what they call it. Even So every patient there, mostly kids, <laughs> get their one support person. I got mine. Um, and that's really when the wildness began um our first appointment they we did echoes and we did ultrasounds every other day so echo for those who don't know is on the heart so they looked at lenny's heart within my belly and then flow and all that stuff and then the ultrasounds more to like see the organs and stuff um and thankfully her heart looked really good so we always said a heart and a brain thing those felt really really scary everything else we can maybe, you know, support how we need to. So we felt really like relieved when it was not a heart thing. So even when they told us it was a tumor and so they originally were like, it looks pretty small. You can go full term. It looks like a CPAM tumor, which are pretty common. Um, We were just grateful it wasn't her heart because that just felt scary. Um, yeah, and they were like, but there's definitely something there. So we, we do want to get more imaging and get an MRI and take smaller cuts and get a look to make sure. They were like, but we're pretty confident it's the, it's the CPAM tumor. Mm-hmm. And so um, the following, it was that was on like a Tuesday. And then the following Thursday, we came back to Children's for an MRI. And that was the scary day because once they, and I, and we think it was just growing really aggressively at this point because it had even grown in, the, grown in those two days. Um, and so they mm-hmm. did the MRI and they were like, whoa, this is actually a really big tumor and like they sat us down and they were like this is what we think is called a teratoma tumor and it's right in the middle of her chest and it it was pushing on her heart she was still getting good blood flow through her heart but it was pushing on her heart it was really like collapsing her left lung and pushing her left lung um her right her her lung looked like a string bean yeah it was like just smushed against the side and they were like we're gonna at this time lenny was like 29 weeks and they were like, we're going to try to get to 31 or 32. 32. They're like, the goal is to get to 32 weeks because that's when the lungs are more developed and she has a better chance and not, there's just a, a lot more complications that, that come to a baby that's earlier than 32 weeks. Especially with already compromised yep. and so, lungs and such. Yep. So. And then that's when they said we had a, a trip planned home. That's when they were like, okay, yep. Cancel, cancel all plans. <laughs> we want to see you three times a week to watch this thing really closely. Mm-hmm. We're going to start you on like steroids and all that stuff just to help those lungs develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we made it two weeks and then they were like, and the whole time they were like, have your bags packed because any day you come in here, we could hold you. I wasn't allowed to eat before appointments, which is like <laughs> torture for a pregnant mm-hmm. lady. I was like, when they finally admitted us, which mm-hmm. I think is where you were about to go. I was, he was like, do you need to go home and get anything? I'm like, I'm starving. Can I go get Chick-fil-A or something? He was like, Please. nope. Yeah, so I went and got it. <laughs> yeah, so Tanner went and got it. But yeah, so one of those appointments, we made it maybe a week and a half after that. So it was quite the whirlwind mm. of we were processing it, but we really didn't have time to process it. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll kind of backtrack and go through our thoughts and feelings through all that totally. once we get through the story. But then but. they admitted me on a Wednesday. And the hu- the big thing with how Lenny was doing. So she had, like Tanner said, a medial stinal immature teratoma tumor is what it's called. But then she also had high drops, which is like excess fluid, basically. Yeah, fluid and so up in the abdomen and in her abdomen and in my tummy mm-hmm. and so it was they were fearful that I would go into preterm labor and then they weren't able so the plan was to take Lenny out and take her to her o- OR immediately mm-hmm. and take care of like take out the tumor which is pretty unique I think like it's not unheard of but uh, most hospitals don't do it you have to go to a special hospital to do that and then typically from my understanding if they are going to do surgery on a tiny baby, basically a fetus, um, they keep them attached to the umbilical cord so mom can be life support or they do the surgery within mom's belly. So the fact that they took her to her own room, they needed the space yeah. and the 
people i don't know like there was just too much risk with yeah because it's her. so central and it's like open mm -hmm. heart surgery like yes so. it mirrored open heart surgery so that's yeah. just something that and, when we tell doctors who weren't in our world they're like whoa i don't think i realized that in her story so yeah so they really wanted to make sure they could schedule it and be careful with how they scheduled it they didn't want it to be an emergency situation and then her be an emergency Right. And they got as much imaging as they could with the MRI, but they like had to have all the specialties there. Cause you know, you're working around the lungs, you're working around the heart, you're working around all these nerves. Um, as far as placement, they had an idea of where it was, but they just had to have all these different specialty mm -hmm. doctors in there to work together, to talk through it as they're, as the tumor surgeon is removing it. Yeah. And so her OR was like the next room. It was like a sliding glass door right beside, um, where Savannah gave birth. Which is and, great for the doctors, but terrible for us. Yeah. We, we go see in and, there's no mm -hmm. joke 50 people in that room ready to receive Lenny and so they did a c-section and like as soon as they took her out they held her up so we could see her as which they were we cutting were, the cord. we didn't know we were going to be able to see her so right we they got were like to you might her, not get to see great. her and they were like dad typically you get to go in the surgical room but we need you like out of the way we need as much space so we're just going to mm -hmm. have you and I was I was kind of thankful for that that I didn't have totally. to make that decision because I was like I kind of just want to be and with she, Savannah through yeah. this and, and the way she looked she was just I mean, it was it was miraculous to see that she was a, a human, yeah. you know, especially that early. We were two months early, um, but she was blue and skinny. Yeah, she and came out not breathing, gasping for air. But I mean, we just still were like, that's our baby girl. Like, no matter what happens today, we are that baby girl's parents. And mm -hmm. it's amazing how that overcomes you the second you see your child because, you know, she's our first. Um, but yeah, so it was wild. So they took her to her own O.R., um, and yeah. the only risk of this surgery that our surgeon loved to remind us of, because we had to sign a lot of papers, was fetal demise, which is death. If yeah. you don't They're know, like, just so, so you understand the risk. It, fetal demise is the risk. I need you to sign and like consent to or whatever consent to the surgery and to all the that surgery stuff. that we're going to try um, to intervene. And in. um, so I think with like her chances of life with just the tumor alone was fifty percent. And then plus high drops After alone, fact, yeah. 50%. So, and then she just had a lot of complications afterwards. So the fact that she is in this room and unless you see the tube coming out of her neck, you would think she's a typical baby. I mean, mm -hmm. it's miraculous. So they, they got the tumor out as much as they could, but she's so tiny that, you know, yeah, they tried. They said <laughs> it, it, it went like, really good the only thing that that really came of it was there was a um a nerve that went that mm -hmm. was going right through the middle of the tumor that they had to cut around that controls the left side of her diaphragm mm -hmm. and then part like it's it's a lot of stuff like on the the left side like her vocal cord they weren't sure if it would work and different things like but that but i have to give huge kudos to our surgeons because her left side nerves almost entirely were wrapped around and that was tumor. the only thing that so the fact that about. she's not paralyzed on yeah. the left side of her body other than her diaphragm is is miraculous in itself so i think just going through this whole journey and we'll get into more detail but you can't help but see god's hand and we can't believe we got off so lucky with mm -hmm. how scary things were so mm -hmm. um we're just so grateful for that but so that's that's Lenny's story. That was her birthday party last year. It was yeah. wild. A lot of people were invited. Nobody mm -hmm. RSVP'd. <laughs> right. um, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. Tell us a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll get into, if you, if you want to, from then on, mm -hmm. more stuff that, that just continues to, to, to happen. But um, tell us a little bit about how, how you guys felt when you got the news. Um, mm -hmm. Like what, what was that? I know, I know you told us about the story, but what was that totally. like with, um, between you two, how you, how you kind of dealt with that, um, with, with God, mm -hmm. um, some of your conversations with God about that? Like what, what was that kind of like for you two and how you, how did you guys kind of get through that together? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, after they told us it was a tumor and we were going to try to make it three weeks and they told us all the risk and what, and there wasn't a whole lot of information they could give us because it was such a rare tumor. Mm -hmm. Um, but just seeing like how serious they were about it and how concerned they seemed about it, I was like almost in shock. I was like, and it just doesn't seem like something that's real. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember me and Savannah just left there and went and just pulled over at like a mall or something and sat on a, a bench and just talked to, like we just sat there and like tried to process it. And 
I just remember us like looking at each other being like, just talking through like, if she doesn't make it, like, what does that look like? Like having that conversation, I never thought I would have. And, um, I just remember feeling like, all right, Lord, like, even if like our daughter's life is meant to be this short, if she doesn't make it, then we have to be okay with it. And we have to find your will in that and understand that like, I don't know, it's just a, it's a weird feeling that you never think you have to, yeah. to think through. Yeah, so, even today, I mean, we sung, oh, death, where is your sting? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of sting in death when you're faced with that. But, um, and especially secondhand, like I thought so many times, man, if this was me, I'd be handling it so much better. But like, it's not fair is what I thought about that. Lenny has to go through this, mm-hmm. this pure, you know, she has not, done anything wrong where I've done countless things wrong I mean I've had lots of years to make mistakes but um there's so much sting in death and I think I wanted to I knew I felt that and but I wanted to believe the the lyrics in that song of like you know our God he has taken the sting of death away because if she does pass away which was felt so real more likely than what we got in the end we knew that she would be with our savior. But I think pretty quickly with how scary and complex everything was, we we had no choice but to believe that God was in control and that we had to submit w- to whatever his plan was. And we just wanted to be faithful servants in that. So it wasn't perfect. I also like very much had to learn how to lament and what that looks like but it was scary but also God in his miraculous way placed Mm -hmm. a lot of really great people to walk alongside us in the scary but yeah your first thoughts Mm -hmm. it was bad and it was hard but it Mm -hmm. I'm thankful we had each other and I can see how this can tear families apart Mm -hmm. but with God he like definitely brought us together through this and Mm -hmm. so I think we're stronger for it but it was scary yeah. finding out for sure. And you you can't help but think, okay, financially, how are we going to make this work? Right. Um, sadly, those are some of the worldly thoughts mm-hmm. too. You're like, we weren't, you didn't quote unquote plan for this. How like, did you know, this you're going to do whatever it takes, but it's like in the back of your mind, like it's something you have to you're think like, about. Like, okay, we'll go in debt. I mean, yeah, well, it's not yeah, we're like, like. We're going to do whatever it takes, yeah. but it's, it's just amazing. Like the Lord's like through every step of that, like we never had to think about it too much because just the Lord like blessed us in so many ways from like us finding out about Colorado Medicaid, that if your daughter spends more than 30 days in the NICU, they're paying for hundred percent of it, which was the most, like, yeah. it's just crazy that just, it takes the stress off even having to worry about it. Yeah. Like, then, Oh, you need to do a surgery. Great. Do it. You know, right. which we would do it anyways, but mm-hmm. that's just a real life. Mm-hmm. And then just the too. church coming around us with Gosh, yeah. just so many people like, either offering to bring us meals or just sending us Grubhub gift cards while we're sitting Which at the hospital. The Cause I don't know if we said it, but she was at the hospital for seven months seven after months. she was born. And so just having Grubhub gift cards where we can be like, all right, let's Grubhub some Chick-fil-A and I'll go mm-hmm. pick it up downstairs and just not having to worry about yeah. that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, just took a weight off. And yeah. But once we processed it, I think, I mean, we had such a short time before she was born, which I feel like was, honestly a blessing like it was scary and it it brought up a lot of emotions later because I had to process it eventually and still am um but once we kind of processed it once I mean Tanner I mean you know you always pray that your husband's a spiritual leader and you get Mm -hmm. to see it but I really got to see it within this and the way he reminded me of who God was and we really did feel the presence of God, like the personal presence of God. Like we know he's here all the time, but our spirit comforted us through it. And even though all odds said Lenny wasn't going to make it, our spirit kind of, I mean, obviously knew she would, but you're fearful of like, is that me? Or is, you know, you don't want to hold on to that too, too much, but mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit within us gave us peace through all of our pain and sorrow because there was pain and sorrow, but there was peace that overcame. For sure. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it was crazy how 
like yes we were tired yes we were exhausted yes we were like unsure about everything but like it's still amazing that peace that we had knowing that the lord's in control of this he has a plan in this we don't see it right now and that was uh, you know a big thing as far as something that we learned through this but um like just trusting that and knowing that um just the peace that came with it Mm -hmm. um and just having the church in the church, the big C church, like from back home in Mississippi, mm-hmm. from here at Fathom, from people in Nevada. Yeah. Friends from all over, just yeah, the word getting wild. out and just having people praying for us and supporting us. And like, cause there were moments where, you know, we, we, this was a, like an eight month, which I mean, even after we got home, the journey was, was still, still going hard, on, yeah. but it was a long journey. And, and there were moments where I didn't feel like praying and I didn't feel like asking. Cause you know, every day you're like, Lord, heal any, heal any. I know you can. I know you can. I want you to. But even in those moments when you're so tired and you don't want to pray that, totally. you know, you got people praying it for you. Yes. And that I was, was I was, I was going to bring that up um, like, and keep talking about the role. I'd love to know the role the church played, whether it's in big C church, like you said, Fathom, your church back home, community, people around you. Like, mm. like what did you guys see in that and what what helped you guys through all that? Like, just tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, that is a good question because I think I learned a lot of mm-hmm. how to care. What's hard is everyone's different, you know, mm-hmm. but your question on the big C church, I mean, like I already said, like if the world had to bet on Lenny, she didn't. I mean, there were times where the doctors literally said, our hands are tied, like unless she just gets better, she's going to lay here. I mean, this time last year, I I will never forget one doctor yeah, like she just telling has to us heal, that. Like she, yeah, yeah, like we've done all we can do. We've put as many chest tubes in as we can. She's on the highest ventilation. She just has to get better. AKA, you know, there's this illusion that mm-hmm. doctors heal kids, but and mm-hmm. people, but we all know who really is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like God's hand was so within Lenny, and like Tanner said, there were most days. At first, we were riding the high of, wow, she's alive. But, you know, then month three, month four, we're still finding things month five. Yeah, it was like new stuff that like issues that came from things that you wouldn't even have thought of that we were having to deal with. And it's like, you know, yeah, they if if we just knew that one thing alone, it would have been a lot. So we had like. My expectation was, oh, if she makes it through this surgery, she's going to have to recover for a few weeks and then we're bringing her home. Like I never thought it would be such a journey. Such a long journey. So the day that we, we had no words, we had no energy. We were just trying to survive. I mean, we felt the prayers of people here. People like Tanner said, people from home. I mean, churches would send us these blankets from all over of like prayer blankets where like ladies will knit and pray. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of, but I'm like, man, that's incredible that God is laying Lenny on all these strangers hearts, but there are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I really believe that's why Lenny's here today is God really is. He has to be pleased with how the Lord rallied behind this little redhead. Like he, I'm, I, felt it so yeah, and, I, and I remember I don't even remember telling Chris but I remember at the very beginning when we found this out he was like well we're getting the elders together it was like not even a question it was like we're getting the mm. elders together we're getting yeah. people together and like God's gonna hear from us on this and, and we're gonna so pray Baby and yeah just from like the start just having that support around us was you know you could just feel it and you know our friends who I think it's hard and I don't know if this is a southern thing but I think a lot of people want to put a positive spin or like give you this cliche at the end, but the friends who let me just be and cry and hurt, Mm. but also not talk about it the whole time we're together. They even still allowed me to be in their world of like hearing what's going on. And those were the friendships and then pointed me to truth, but not in a cliche way, just in like a, yeah, this sucks. Let's pray about it (laughs) because I don't know what else to say. Those were, the relationships that got us through. And then like Tanner said, if you have anyone in the hospital, send them like Uber Eats because you don't want to leave the hospital, but you need to eat and you're sick of hospital Mm -hmm. food. And we felt really, really loved from the no expectation. Let me drop food off, not even look Mm -hmm. at your face because I think I have this 
huge flaw in my personality that I am a little bit of a perfectionist and I faultfully want to put on this facade. Oh, we're okay. You know, thank you so much. So it felt like a lot of pressure when someone wanted to stop by and say hi. I felt this prep. But so the people who took away that pressure from like you, we're just going to people doing it just because they wanted to help. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were really so that's what I want to be for people who if we ever, you know, get to love on people the way people loved on us. Yeah, definitely learn how to love on people. Got Mm -hmm. examples from so many different people of how to love on. And when I say I'm going to pray for someone, I like pray for them that second because you could tell some people were like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. But some people were like, I this is Lenny. Oh, this is the you know, Mm. people. It's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, people have teared up and so have I (laughs) when they've met Lenny and you can just Mm -hmm. tell they were pleading on our behalf for our child's life. And that's huge. So the church is great. We love you. Go fathom. Um, (laughs) What is it? And you've, you've touched on this a little bit and you can go into as many details as you want to. But what what was kind of what has it been like since Mm -hmm. I mean since she was born a few months mm-hmm. after that, I mean, till, till now, like what's, what's been going on with her? What are the other things you guys had to sort of deal with? Totally. Once she was actually born, once that surgery was over with, cause that wasn't yeah. the Last end of surgery. It. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of go into the hospital stay. Yeah. So, um, like Savannah said, well, after she had the surgery, she had, I don't even know how many chest tubes, like in the middle on the she sides. Had Cause total. she had, because of the high drop, she had fluid like in her abdomen and lungs, like all over that they were trying to drain out. Um, and she had chest tubes for like a few months after she Forever, was born. It felt like. Um, of them just dealing with in. fluid and that, and then and they were having to replace that fluid um, because I don't know there were just so many risks with that, and so many babies don't make it from having that. Um, so that was one of the main things, and then just her. We being had on the, one nurse. Can I tell this story yeah. real quick? We had one nurse who had just lost a patient. And the next shift, she had Lenny, and she said that she walked in, and she's a Christian. She's like, we don't have favorites, but if we did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) She said she walked in and said, God, I can't do this again. Mm. And so, but then she became one of our primaries. So she, but she she got him right. And she also keeps Lenny very well dressed. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) but that's how scary Lenny, even just looking at her, Mm. like, it looked very sad. Yeah. And then it just without going into the details, it turned into, okay, it's breathing issues now. Her lungs, like we're trying to get her lungs developed. And we felt like we were out of develop. the tumor world. Yeah. We felt like we were out of the tumor world. Like we've got that behind us now. It's just getting her healed, getting her better. Um, and so just as far as breathing, she had like a tube down her throat. They was called an ET tube to help her breathe. And after she had that for a while, they decided to take it out. Um, and she only had it out for a few weeks and just wasn't doing great. So they decided to do a trach. And so she has a trach now. Um, and then that was to help her breathe. And then we were like, well, why is she not like, why is her lungs not getting better? Like what's going on? And they were coming up with all these reasons. They were like, well, let's seemed like nobody. Yeah. They were like, let's do an MRI just to check. And turns out there were, there was residual tumor from the first one that had spread and none of it was cancerous, thank the Lord, thank but God. it was it was still growing. And because it was immature cells, they were still growing and they were still at risk of cancer. But um, it kind of spread all throughout her chest cavity and they were growing and compressing her lungs, which was causing a lot of breathing issues. So side note, and I don't think we said this, but her first tumor at 32 weeks, essentially she was 31 weeks. But think how tiny of a baby that is. Mm-hmm. It was 10 centimeters. Yeah, it took up most which of her is. Not to be graphic, but you have to be 10 centimeters dilated mm-hmm. to have a baby. So essentially she had a baby's head within her teeny tiny chest. Um, and then the second time that we had residual tumors where it just forever and ever felt like, why can't she breathe? Why can't she breathe? The largest tumor, sh- she had tons. I mean, they were in surgery for six hours getting scraping and scraping away. But her largest one this time was also 10 centimeters. And the largest one was compressing her lung yeah so we were really hopeful for the first time ever that she could potentially come off a ventilator because at this point she was breathing with you know very compromised lungs but then one lung yeah, was, she was still smushed. she was doing okay she just wasn't she was just still needing she just that, couldn't breathe that on her high own. ventilator support 
And then once they did that second surgery to get rid of those other tumors, which like Savannah said, it was a six hour surgery because it was like the largest one. It was like a long 10, 10 centimeter tumor with all these other little ones around it. So they were like, they had to break one of her ribs and go in the side yeah. this time. And it was just a really long surgery where they tried to get as much as they could because they knew if they left some in there that there's potential they could come back. Yeah, her track record of growing tumors. She's very talented at yeah. it. Right. <laughs> and so they, after that surgery, literally, even while she was recovering the next day, required significantly less support. Yeah. So, and, so they were prepared. She was on an ICU vent. She originally, when she was born, was on an oscillate, isolator, oscillator, oscillator, which is the highest form of ventilation you can get other than what's called ECMO, which we won't get into, but it's not good. And so for this surgery to get her tumors out, they were prepared for her to come back on the oscillator, like they had it ready for her. And then she came back on lower settings on the ICU vent. So we were really, really hopeful. Mm -hmm. And then... It was like the following month, we were starting to trial her off, off the ventilator. The vent. And she was yeah. off the vent for three weeks. But because of that diaphragm, she, that doesn't work on her left side. She just She's still too, works too little. to breathe. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, things are looking better and better. You just get stronger and stronger as you get older and mm -hmm. your muscles take over. But, um, but yeah, so that last surgery was probably the scariest even though it wasn't like her life wasn't at risk anymore but it just felt like how okay it's been five months and she's had so many tumors I mean all the doctors were so confused with how her body would regenerate so much like and they were yeah and there's just not a lot of just, data data on like mediastinal teratoma tumors because yeah. they're typically like in the tailbone is what they said yeah and like in women like on their yeah. ovaries so not in your chest right. and so like her chances of getting the type of tumor she had, they were like, we really don't have much to go off of. We're going off of like two people in Europe, one person 20 years ago, one in, um, wait, no, eight in one million chance. So mm -hmm. it was like a 0.007% chance or 8% chance that she would get it. So the fact that it came back even was really peculiar. Mm -hmm. And then... And then after that, just we had follow-up MRIs every six weeks just to monitor it at that point because we knew these things can grow back. So that was scary. Um but, but after that, but, we looked at it and they hadn't grown at all. There was like, there's still still tumors in there, but they're not growing. Which and, was devastating to hear um, that there were still tumors. And they after took the a six. sample of it at the second surgery and they were mature cells at that point, which means they could identify what they were. There was less chance of it being cancerous. They weren't as aggressively growing. So that was all good news. Yeah. And we've and we so, actually yeah. just had our last MRI checkup on Friday. Still not grown at all. If they've shrunk a little bit from what they're looking at. And so... We moved it every four months now we're going and checking it. So yeah. just from that aspect, it's not so much of a worry anymore. So what's, yeah, what's great about her type of tumor is since it's not cancer, she can live with it. Um, just what made the, the two resections we had to already do so scary were that they were compromising her. So as long as they're not compromising her lungs or her growth and not pushing on it, she can. So we're really hopeful and we're so grateful because when we got the news of they came back. Oh, we went in for six hours and there's still some. I just remember being so fearful. I'm like, okay, she's only five months old and we've done it twice now. Mm -hmm. So that means how are we going to keep cutting her open and scraping her insides for the rest of her life? Like that's not a good track record. And so I'm so grateful that the Lord has like just allowed them to sit dormant. And even the hope is that they can kind of kill themselves yeah, off. Eventually die out. Um, but even if they don't, they're, they're not growing, which is huge. And so we're really grateful and she's doing good. And so she just recently, so she had to go back on the vent just at night. Um, but now we've weaned her off that. So she's not on the vent at all. And she does still have her trach, but we're hopeful mm -hmm. that it can come out maybe in the spring, which it's wow. winter right now. So that's soon, <laughs> but maybe the summer just is kind of up to Lenny. Yeah. But, and then she's just on the teeniest, tiniest amount of oxygen, mm -hmm. which is pretty okay being that we're in altitude. I yeah, joke that she's typical. on like a LaCroix amount of oxygen. It's not even enough just to a, count. <laughs> just enough to tell us there. But. <laughs> to say I live in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So it's really encouraging that it feels like the scary is behind us. Yeah. And just, just going back through all that, I'd like just from things that the Lord taught me through it. I know early mm -hmm. on it was like, I've never felt so not in control and helpless. Mm -hmm. Like even 
Like it was 100% like from a worldly standpoint in the doctor's hands, like there was nothing I could do. I, I have no idea what's going on. So I'm completely, you know, relying on the doctors, but like ultimately relying saying, Lord, like you've got Lenny in your hands. There is absolutely nothing I can do right now. I have to trust you through this. And so, I mean, for me, that was one thing that I've never really been put in a situation like that where it's like zero control. And what's wild is we have this illusion that we're not always in that state. Like, right, yeah. we had to like go, we, some we had to, and I think that's just the sucky part about being human, but I think that's been my reminder since and will always be, I mean, we'll fall short always, but we are always that desperate for God and we are always not in that, in control, mm. but that situation was just like right. a blinking which, sign of yeah. we're not in control and God is yeah. and we are desperate. I just felt so desperate. And that's what mm. I had to learn is I think because of my little illusion of wanting and I don't it's not even like huge, but I do find myself deep in my core just wanting to put off this image that, oh, we're fine. Thanks mm. for asking. I've I found that in my prayer life, I was like that, like, God, I trust you. Mm but please help Lenny, but thank you. You know, mm. I kind of sugarcoated it, but I really had to learn how to lament in this season. Mm. And um, God just kind of reminded me that if anyone knows what it's like to watch their kids suffer, it's him. Mm. And so that just brings me to tears. Cause, and so he just allowed me to sit in the suffering with him because he was also really sad that this was happening to Lenny. And I'm so grateful that he broke down those walls even and i haven't i mean you know i'm yeah yeah and it's i'm like, grateful he broke down those walls right and for a while it was like like i really wrestled with lord like why because i've heard this question and i feel like before i forgot what my answer was before but i feel like i had reasoning for it like going through hard things in life I'm like lord surely you can like teach us another way to mm -hmm. like go through something hard in life but like savannah said it's like what he taught us and the way he taught us to just rely on him and trust in him. It's like, mm. we couldn't have learned that any other way. And mm -mm. it's like, I guess it's just because we're so hard headed. And we're still learning. Yeah. But um, like just, just a new way of trusting in the Lord and learning just more about the Lord's character and his love for us in a hard situation. It's like, it's, it's crazy that that's, it's in those moments that he does bring you to a place that you couldn't be any other way than going mm -hmm. through a moment like this or a season like this. Totally. And so it's like, unfortunately, that's, it's those hard times where we do grow the most. Um, mm -hmm. But just a new, like just this new reliance on the Lord and understand the Lord's character in a way that couldn't have happened any other way, mm -hmm. you know, even through like the dry <clears throat> seasons of it. Cause you think during that moment, like there's, you're like completely relying on the Lord and on this, like not spiritual high, but on this spiritual relying on the Lord the whole time. But no, there's like dry seasons in that where you're like, you've been within the desert. Lord, I've yeah. been on my knees, like in this bottom for a while now. And it's like getting old, like Lord continue totally. to, you know, and that's a big, where the church came in a lot was just holding us up in those moments. Totally. But um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how much he teaches you through mm -hmm. hard times like that. Yeah. And even a lot of folks in my life, like I know, like even my mom, like how hard this was on her, like it brought her to a place that she's never been with the Lord. Like mm -hmm. it brought her so much deeper with the Lord as well, just through like she was like, my prayer life was dry, but I've never talked to the Lord this much mm -hmm. in my life. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of rekindled my faith with him, you know, so totally. you guys yeah. have hit the nail on the head about <laughs> but we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon after church. You've hit the nail on the head about the last two sermons that we've mm -hmm. had here. Last week, Ryan Tafalowski was here talking about prayer and real yeah. prayer, honest prayer, like mm -hmm. what that even looks like and not heaping up these, these kind of blah prayers of just like every, oh, like, all right, help us God. And yeah. then, and then today, like this morning, Chris yeah. talked about in James plans and mm -hmm. God's will. Um, just, I know you've, you've kind of touched on this, but just really quickly, like, what have you guys, like, what has the Lord really taught you about your plans and, mm -hmm. and God's plans for your guys' life? Something that Tanner says, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but I'm, I love that he reminds me of this all the time. Like 
neither of us are huge planners. We're really bad at it, actually. It stresses <laughs> us out. But we are like once we get our mind on something, we go for it and we try to do the best we can. And so um, but whenever I do get stressed out, Tanner's like, God did not call us to have it all figured out. He called us to handle today and seek him today and moment by moment, day by day. And I think that has been the biggest thing is like, I mean, from from the world slash spiritual side of things, we did everything quote unquote right. Like even the way we've pursued each other and sought after God and everything we've done, but we still had a baby, real a really scary worldly sin, like because sin entered our world, the, Lenny had to suffer. And it just shows you that God is in control, whether it's good or bad. And he's mm-hmm. going to, we always reminded ourselves that through even the suffering, God's mighty way still has a plan. Right. And we just, I mean, like Tanner said, I mean, it was in the doctor's hands. Like we truly had no, and we had to trust that what they were telling us was true too, mm-hmm. which we did. I mean, we didn't have an issue with that, but it's a vulnerable, scary place to be. But mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest, I don't know. I think if I had to sum it up. Yeah. And and like, yeah, with what Chris talked about today, just as far as like, as far as plans in my life, and I was about to try to look up the Bible verse. I think it's Proverbs 16, 9. It's either 9, 16, 16, 9, 16 <laughs> somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was early on. Like I kind of wrestled with this idea of like choosing the wrong choice mm-hmm. of like what direction my life is going to go. This was kind of learned this early on in high school when I was getting ready to join the military and I was like Lord this is a six-year contract I'm about to sign like what do you want me to do and just through seeking wisdom and praying through it he laid that verse on my heart where it's the man plans his way but the Lord determines his steps and it was like all right Lord if I am if I am diligently seeking you in this plan that you have for my life and if I'm praying that my desire would be your desire, then how can I make the wrong choice? Like if, if that's where my heart is, then he's not going to let me make the wrong choice. Like Chris said, you got to be pretty prideful to think that you're going to screw up God's oh plan. Oh my gosh. And I had to learn that totally. Mm-hmm. The, I like am not superstitious, but I found that I kind of was. And I'm like, man, if I wear this color shirt or, you know, it wasn't that extreme. But I remember going back to God placed really great people alongside of us. There was another NICU family and a Christian family. And Katie, the mom was like, man, you must have a lot of power if you have that much control. And I was like, that's hilarious. I'm like, why do I think that my little, if I say this one word, then it's going to screw up everything Mm -hmm. in Lenny's medical complexities. So that was really groundbreaking for me and is also when I kind of was like, wow, okay, I see this in my prayer life too. I feel like, oh, if I use this word or if I quote paraphrase this Bible verse, then God's going to answer my prayers. But he's like, yeah, he no, to give it I already know him. what's going on in there. You just need to let yeah. me have it. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just just letting it go and saying, Lord, I'm mm-hmm. going to follow you into to what you have next. Just I pray that I get out of my own way and be obedient mm-hmm. to you. And, <laughs> and Totally. Not, yeah. Well, that was awesome. Thank you guys. Do you guys have anything else to to add to it? Anything else you'd like our no. How are you guys doing now? That's a good question. Yeah. Going right now. Being home has been an adjustment. I I mean, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, getting home with her, sure. like away from the doctors for the first time, super scary. Yeah. Super uncertain, super like we went from being like, the healthiest sick is... baby to the sickest healthy yeah, baby. You're in the hospital with all these babies yeah. and when we left, we were the help, healthiest baby in the That's hallway. That's why we got we to leave. And so we thought it was so great. Then you get home and it's like, wow, this isn't normal. And this I really is... thought trachs were more normal than they are, but yeah. <laughs> they're not. So it's just... <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> We've made them normal. Yeah, just made them cool. Aside from all the work that goes into taking care of a medically complex baby, it's mm-hmm. like just being exhausted from, you know, we would, we had her sleeping in our room at first, but then it was like, that we was just. Terrible. We couldn't get any sleep. So we were having nurses like stay overnight sometimes. But then once we got a little comfortable, like a few times. And then once we got. And our house is not that big. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it's it was quite the adjustment. But I think we've been home now. I don't even know. Since May. Since May. And so it's getting better slowly mm-hmm. but surely. But I think, again, my personality, it was really hard because I think people expected us to be on cloud nine, which we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were thrilled to have our baby home and do normal baby things but also i mean our primary 
doctor for Lenny was like, but you're you're still running an ICU from home. Like she was still on a vent and she had a trach and she has a feeding tube, which we didn't mention. Those are her accessories. Um, but <laughs> and she was really just fragile still when she came home. Like, she, but what was really hard is every day we've known the healthiest Lenny we've ever known. And as first time parents, Lenny's all we know. So yeah. we try me personally tried really hard to just live this quote unquote normal life with her but it i needed to allow myself to be okay with staying mm -hmm. home or be okay with suffering through some of the hardships of being lenny's mom mm -hmm. that also i mean she's also perfect so it's easy <laughs> mm -hmm. but you know what i mean like but it was a, an adjustment even just to paint the picture for our friends of like it's very overwhelming even just being asked to go to the zoo, which feels like a normal thing for a nine month old. But for Lenny, like you would never ask someone to go to the zoo with a newborn, mm. but where we felt like we were in the newborn stage. So it was, it's quite the adjustment, but she's getting healthier. So and as she gets to healthier, give ourselves a lot of grace, we get healthier, mm -hmm. and, you know, just but, yeah, like taking time to be like, all right, like we are like, this is a lot. So we can like, we can know that it's a lot. And like, take breaks and like let's just sit here and watch this this show for a yeah. little bit just to get a little break we've been into marvel there. movies <laughs> yeah we just got disney plus yep. <laughs> but yeah i mean and we're going to the aquarium soon but you know like even she hadn't been outside until she was six months old so even just the sun was an overwhelming experience when she gets overwhelmed she desats her oxygen goes like it's quite it was quite the adjustment, but we're doing good now, mm -hmm. today. Ask yeah. me tomorrow, it might be another story, <laughs> but still pray for us. We're still yes. going through a lot and she still has some unknowns, mm -hmm. but it, with each thing that chips away, things that she's always had come to the forefront that I'm like, I feel very lucky that this is our biggest battle right now because it used to feel like, who cares about that? We've got bigger fish to fry, but now those fish are ready to be fried. Yep. As yep. a Mississippian once said <laughs> today, right now in this well, moment. Well, she looks amazing She's and healthy. Cute. Thank you. Um, hey, we we went a long time. I know. I told and you. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm glad we did. This this was awesome. And you know what? I was just thinking that like we're recording this the beginning of Thanksgiving week, and yeah. so we have a lot to be thankful for. You guys have a lot yes, to be thankful for too. Sure. And that's why that is why I wanted to do this and get this out before Thanksgiving to. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a blessing to hear you guys' story and to, mm -hmm. for our church to be a small part of it and to, to see it, yeah. baby Lenny here every week is just, <laughs> man, I remember when you guys, you, when you guys came back to church, but when, when baby Lenny actually got to yeah. come for the first time, it was just, it was really cool for really us too, cool. because we had to not come for a while, just yeah. mentally and, mm -hmm. but the people that we don't know or recognize who mm -hmm. recognized Lenny. Like that was really cool. So we yeah. really appreciate everyone following. Yeah. And thank and, you Fathom for yeah. praying and Seriously. being there for us through all of it. Cause it was mm -hmm. made the biggest difference. Totally. Well, I, I can say being on staff, we had a lot of people yeah. come up to us saying like, that's baby Lenny. Oh. Is that really baby Lenny? That's yes, Even when is. she's 25 years old, she'll always totally. be baby yeah. Lenny. Yeah. Sorry. That's You're actually her first name. <laughs> Little right. did you know. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. And thank yeah. you for taking the time to tell us your story and how things are going now, what you guys learned through all that. Um, thank you, church, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.